G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast with the AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars when they talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Dossie. How are you mate? Good mate. Usually Kays gets to go first. Well, yeah, I'm leaving Kays for, for last for a, for a special reason. But, oh. uh, Kays. <laughs> How you going Kays? Good mate. Just enjoying fantasy retirement. It's um, it's really good, <laughs> relaxing. Now this is probably news to Dossie and for our listeners out there. Uh, uh, Kay's really spat the dummy yesterday after um, <laughs> losing uh, the grand final that he was probably sh- should have been a shoe in to win top all season. Um, w- went straight through the prelim and lost the grand final. Uh, oh. Quit the group chat, oh. which I copped a fair bit of heat for doing uh, last year, and um, yeah, has officially retired from fantasy apparently. <laughs> So talk us through it, Case. How's, how's retirement going? It's great. It's actually fantastic. It was just like when I was away uh, in Queensland for a couple of weeks. Didn't watch a game of footy and, and life's great. Like when you don't have to worry about, you know, who's getting kicks, who's getting marks. You can just, you know, just walk around, smell the roses, have a great time. Life's, life's great. So, yeah, really enjoying you know, retirement. You know it's the off-season. Really enjoying retirement. You know it's the off-season. That's what I'm doing now as well. Like, I'm just not worrying about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, but now I don't have to worry about it even next year. Like, oh, man, life's good. So, so you're just, you're actually on. just done. You're, you're done. I'm done. It's over. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. So, if I had to put money cool. back on, <laughs> first thing next year is going to be back. No, I'm officially retired. Well, I'm officially retired from that league. I'm done. I'm handing in my handing in <laughs> from my license. That league. What? So you just absolutely <laughs> spat. That is just that's gold. Dossie, you spat the dog. I'm a three-time grand final loser. Um, <laughs> do you do you want to know some of the stats from from like this grand final on the weekend? Like I don't know yeah. if you know. Well, Doss, I know. I remember in the lead up, you thought you were a dollar ten. That's for sure. Uh, I thought I was a chance. Look, honestly, man. Like this is how nightmarish this weekend was for me. So, in a grand final, I pulled out my lowest score of the year, a 1434. I had one person ton up. One. Shannon Hearn, 118 (laughs) points was my highest scorer. So... Uh, let me just run through. I'll just run through top top of the tree down. Yep. Heppel, I'm 77. Rich, 68. Rioli, 88. Hearn, 118. McRae, 81. Parker, 73. Lyons, 91. Mills is captain, 81. Keys, 49. Boak, 71. Gorn, vice-captain, 77. Norton, 85. Sidebottom, 57. Finlayson, 63. Dugowie, 62. McIntosh, 50. Warner 78 and Jackson 84. Now, it all started off really badly on Friday night when fucking Christian Salem went out late. So, he was in my side, which means I had to shuffle a few things around. Had to move Rioli from a forward to a back, which meant I had to kind of play side bottom. You know, like McStay stunk it up. The other thing was I really wanted to have Bailey Williams on my bench as like a loophole ruck option. He, ended up, he was on my bench. So, I had 108 from Bailey Williams sitting there. But because Max Lynch got named, I couldn't have anyone come in as a ruck replacement for that spot. So, that spot was null and void. So, I just played Gorn there. Just to rub salt into so the wound. Max Lynch, you didn't have the ruck donut. You didn't have the ruck donut to loophole Correct. Williams on Correct. because of Max Lynch. Yeah. So, Max Lynch has royally fucked me. Right. So, I went back and through <laughs> just some, some data. You guys love data. So, on the weekend, I, I ha- my team scored 205.2 points below their average for the season 205 points so only four people 
scored better than their season average on the weekend. That was Jackson, Norton, Hearn and Rioli. So, Ooh. like, Ben Keyes was, like, 45 points below his season average. Parker, Mills, Boke, all 20-odd 20, 20 points below their season average. It was just, like, it was a nightmare. Yeah. I think there were, there were a few role changes that killed you. Keyes' role change absolutely killed you. Boke's probably spending less time in the middle as well with Butters and Rosie both inside. So, yeah, they're probably more explainable. But, like, people like Parker and, like, Mills, like, doing that to you, like, in – Dead rubber games where they should, or you know, they were playing for second spot, but they should just be like pumping scores in and not doing it for you. It is a bit of a bad beat, but either way, I'm still backing you to be back on board uh, at the draft. You can't miss the draft; it's the best day of the year. I know how much you love it. You'll be so sad if you miss it. So we'll give you some time. We'll give you some space, and I'm sure you'll it's be back. Re- it's retirement. I'm enjoying retirement. I might start, you know, reading the paper and doing the crosswords on Sunday mornings. And- <laughs> Going for long walks on the beach with the dog. Maybe Saturday afternoon, just, you know, go down to a farmer's market, you know, buy some, you know, uh, you know, non-homogenized cheese. I could see, you know, I could see you living that life, Case. Maybe it, should, maybe it is for you. I think it might be. I'm actually yeah, going to give so. it a crack. I'm, I'm done. So, uh, that's that leg. But, you know, there was one shining light. I was in three grand finals on the weekend. I lost two. Uh Startup league I was in this year. I scored seventeen fifty five in the grand final. Good score, sure. Got beaten by a team who pulled out a nineteen twelve in the grand final. You know, guys like David Swallow one forty, or you know, just crap like that. But uh, got the chocolates in the uh, in the podcasters league. So you know, two time premiership coach in that. So you know, you know, I'm I'm pretty bloody good at the game. I'm just going to leave on a bit of a high and retire. Well, I've still got something in the tank. So it's uh, yeah, I'm enjoying retirement already and. Bring on 2023 at the uh, Wollongas Farmer Market. I <laughs> uh, love just yeah, just telling yourself you're still pretty good at the game after losing all those grand finals. But anyway, uh, thanks, guys, for your summary of your weekend. Um, I didn't play any grand finals, so yeah, nothing for me to report. Dossie, you the same? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I did start thinking about planning for the next year. You know, I was like already looking at what my keepers look like and that sort of thing. So I've already sort of... St- kicked into 2023 gear and then I also had my my classic team I was trying to finish strong and um, I just royally stuffed all that up too so I, I think I was almost in Kay's mindset about halfway through Saturday I was like yeah let's I'm done with fantasy <laughs> for the year but all I'll right. be back I'll be back though <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, we'll move on in a second but first I uh, will thank Manscaped so again Father's Day is coming up uh, if you just want to take the pressure off yourself and not have to think of what to get for Father's Day for your old man uh, just use our code on uh, manscaped.com that's Keeper20 you get 20% off and free shipping using that code Keeper20 at manscaped.com and uh, yeah you could get a I don't know a weed whacker nose trimmer pair of jocks aftershave uh, body wash there's lots of different stuff there that you could buy your old man for Father's Day so yeah just to repeat that Keeper20 at manscaped.com get yourself 20% off and free shipping and yeah save yourself from actually having to leave the house in this cold weather we're having at the moment especially down here in Adelaide and just have the uh, presence delivered straight to your door anyways um, we'll move on to the round rewind in a second uh, just a listener um, at TWR has just asked me to plug something for him which I'm more than happy to do um, he's doing a quiz night uh, for cancer research so he's raising some funds there um, and they're auctioning off a signed pair of Lockie Neal's boots and signed jumpers from Melbourne Western Bulldogs and Collingwood so yeah if you want to just get some more information about that head to um, at are you Friday's quiz on Instagram 
I think that's what it is. Um, and yeah, there's more details there about how to get involved in all those things and maybe get your hands on some of those uh, or you know, purchase one of those things from that auction. So yeah, all right, let's get stuck into the round rewind. All right, into the round rewind. Uh, this week we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, we've basically spoken about all the players there are to speak about, most of all anyway. So we're just going to talk about the players we haven't spoken about too much this season and we're going to try to keep it to around two minutes each on each game. So let's see if we can do it, boys. I know we like to waffle on, but uh, Doss, you're up first. You've got two minutes to tell us what you noticed out of the Lions versus Demons game. Well, it was pretty easy. It was uh, expecting it to be a ripper of a contest for starters. Ended up being a complete blowout, which probably takes some sting out of what we're going to talk about in terms of like talking about any relevant players because it was a genuine blowout just about from the get-go, uh, 115 to 57. Demons way, we've we've talked about these guys a little bit, but I think honestly they're the, probably the most relevant players to even touch base with. Um, just looking at Reese Matheson, he's an interesting keeper prospect only because He's, he's scoring well to end this season, but, you know, he's 25 years old. Do you guys think he's worth worth a keep at this point? Does he hold this role heading into next year? Not a keeper for me. I'm a big fan of beast mode, but I reckon I'd be looking at him, you know, next year um, just as a, you know, mid to late pickup because I still don't think he has heaps of currency. Uh, if I wasn't retiring, he'd be someone I'd be looking to bring into my team. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then, again, just Cam Rayner finishing the season strong, still not getting centre bounces. I think next year looking like a breakout year for him. And given they're still not at – it's like Brisbane is supposed to be competing in the, with the top-end teams. They keep falling down right at the wrong end of the season. They need something, a bit of an X factor in there. I think they need to switch it up, and I reckon Rayner's going to make his way inside next year. So I'm looking at drafting him in as many leagues as I can next year if I can get my hands on him. If he goes back to the pool, Just but I think keep him if you haven't. Quickly, Doss, the other thing I noticed on that game, because I was what he was on my bench, was Zach Bailey actually spent a fair bit of time in the midfield on Friday night. Didn't necessarily get the score, but uh, interesting to see he attended a fair few CBAs, which is good for his future too, along the lines with Rayner there. Mm, just the five, but yeah, no, I think they were just trying to get any sort of life through that midfield as well, uh, given they were getting spanked. So yeah, he, he's another one to watch next year because probably didn't have the breakout we'd expect. So I'm with you there. Like I definitely expect him to have a better year in future because he's a stud, but he, you know, in terms of fantasy, didn't have the greatest year in terms of football, did pretty well. All right, is that it for you, Doss? That's it, mate. Unless you guys want to talk about anyone else, I'm, that's like just like I said, no. I'd talk about more, but it was a blowout, and you, I just don't want to take too much out of it. No, I understand. Like, like I said, most of the players you could talk about, we've talked about them hundred times this year, yep. so it's all good. Uh, let's move on to the next game: the Roos versus the Suns with UKs. Yes. Uh, so Curtis Taylor's the guy I need to talk about. Had 116 points and was one of the opposition fuckers who ruined my grand final. Uh, Ran with Took on the day. Uh, didn't actually have that many CBAs, or zero actually, but kind of just went with him after the, the centre bounces. But really was damaging the other way. Uh, one goal and 25 touches. Averaged 79 in his last five games this season. Only 22 years old. I reckon he's one to have a serious look at next year. He's only 55% owned, I think. And um, he looks to be one of the, the higher quality roos in that, that midfield there. So um, definitely get around Curtis Taylor. I think he's got some goods. The guy that excited me the most out of this game, I can't believe you haven't, you know, tweeted about him for his whole career, Dossie. It's Josh Gota, 83 points from him. <laughs> I love him. He was actually really, really good to watch. He might be my new favourite uh, new favorite Rue, which isn't hard. 
But um, look, he just has a genuine crack, great speed. His running carry was fantastic. And look, we saw Aaron Hall got dropped for this game. Is this because uh, Clarko just messaged big uh, Patch Adams and said, get rid of Aaron Hall, I don't want him in my side next year, give someone else a go? If it was, it's a great, great job Um Great job interview for Josh Gota. 21 touches. Love him. Love him. Get a piece of him next year. I reckon he's yeah. on Aaron, up. Aaron Hall had 39 in the VFL as well. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, it's a big one there with Aaron Hall. Like, surely Clarko's mentioned something about he won't be in my team next year, so he's, don't play. He has to go somewhere else if his contract's up. Like, he's still a contributor and he's just being wasted there in his prime. Correct. I agree with you there. Uh, and lastly, um, Ben Ainsworth, 110. I know we've spoken about him a bit and I've always been a fan, but I'm kind of going to say I'm a bit of a, a buzz dossier with this call because I've been on Ainsworth for a few years. I jumped off this year, which is uh, all on me, and he has made me pay. But, uh, yeah, just watching him, it looks like he's really arrived as a complete player. One goal, 24 touches, 10 marks. He is genuinely that connector. Um for the Suns and if they continue to improve next year I reckon he's just going to be a very very good forward to have week in week out pushing around that 80 mark and I think he's going to be a a safe forward play for many years to come and that's me how's um how's the Stewie Jew coaching going again having Sexton basically play a whole year in the VFL comes out kicks six Mm. in the final week he Um, was he was electric too he looked good a few players in the VFL that uh should be playing for the Suns hey well, it's nuts because I looked at the scores on the weekend. Like Jack Bowes had 140. Um, there was just so many guys who are just carving up. So they've they've kind of got a glut of talent. And Stewie's just playing weird guys like Hawago Way and stuff like that. So obviously that's his favourites up and there. And Sean at, Lemons uh, for like yeah. every single game every year. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, the Suns are there to raid if teams want to get some good talent in. Like, you know, you're talking about teams like the Roos or the Eagles or the Crows. Like... Geez, if you're not putting yeah. out offers to someone like Jack Bowes, you're crazy, I think. So, um, there's some talent to pick from up there. Oh, Constable's debut as well. Sorry, you mi- that's um, he got he got on the park for 12 minutes. <laughs> it was it was it was far from an impressive debut yeah. for the Suns, but uh, you know, good to see him bust out. You know, what 12 points or something in his last game for the he year. He got 18 ball. points in 12 minutes. Thank you. Well, Dossie, he's going to be one of your uh, must-haves for classic next year. I assume after you know with that score to. Help him out. Well, I do love my constable. So. I know you do. Have we still got Hef? Right. Yeah, I'm still here. Um, we'll move on to the next game. Sorry, my internet's not going the great at the moment, but uh, we'll try to make do with what we got. Let me know if you can actually hear me or not, boys, as we go through. But um, uh, I'll move on to Cats versus Eagles. Uh, John Segler was the first player uh, I want to talk about. So... It's just really a ruck performance that what we've been waiting for for John Segler. So at the start of the year, I thought he was basically going to be the number one ruck for the entire year. But, um, you know, injuries kind of stopped that. But we kind of got what we were waiting for on the weekend. Um, I know he was playing against a lesser ruck opposition in Bailey Williams. But, um, yeah, just the way he kind of just, you know, won the hitouts, hitouts to advantage. A lot of scoring opportunities came from his hitouts as well, which was kind of good. Um, but, yeah, still not sure if he's number one. But, if he is, like if he goes through and has a ripping final season, if he holds his spot, first of all, and has a ripping final season, he could be a really good stopgap option next year. For someone like me who's like probably waiting for like a, a Ned Reeves to come on, he's probably going to be like another year away if he if he does ever, just a stopgap to give those kind of developing Ruckman a few more, like another year in your keeper league so you can kind of stash them away a bit more. Someone like Segler could come in and just kind of fill a void for me for a year or two. So he's one I'm really interested to see this week. 
um, or in the finals, that is. Um, and just a few more interesting points, um, I guess, like Patrick Dangerfield, 75 points. I know it was his 300th game and they were trying to get him a goal, but he was spending a lot of time in the forward line. And I think a listener flagged it last week that, yeah, he might spend some more time forward last week or that was an idea. And I think it will happen. He's had forward status so many times in the past. They look like they've got a few good young midfielders there trying to develop. Like Parfitt's come in, played really well. Maxi Holmes is playing well. Um, yeah, I think that they will basically try to move him between forward and midfield going forward and he could get that forward status and be handy next year. So he's one just to watch that you could get pretty cheap in trades and stuff in the offseason because he looks like he's had it a little bit but could still be handy as a forward if it comes. Uh, for the West Coast side of things though, Liam Duggan, um, we didn't talk about him much this year but uh, he mopped up in defence. Um, he could be like your, your Witherden step in. I know Witherden was playing a lot earlier in the season, but uh, yeah, he was getting a lot of ball in defence there. He's 2G um, now. And though. Foley was kind of, yeah, is he officially? Is oh, he? He's got to be now. He's had heaps of good games in a row. Yeah. Yeah. It's still only averaging 70 for the year, though. That's yeah, his last five, yeah, 101, 98, 90, 136, 108. <laughs> Next. There you go, 2G4P then. Um, Bailey Williams, uh, he is he had kind of a, it's a good game. I don't know what it is. I know Segler's probably not their number one ruckman, but um, yeah, just given the actual the number one mantle with Nick Nat out, um, scored pretty well. So if Nick Nat goes down again, then yeah, he's he's shown potential now that I can actually step in and put up a good fantasy score. So he might be the future as well with Nick Nat getting on an age too. Doss, you're the West Coast man. What do you think? Oh, it's tough because, yeah, like I've, I think I've seen, I mean, this, this game's probably one of his better ones. 25 touches is awesome to see. I obviously I didn't get to see this game and watch him, but I've got to say, I've been, I hadn't been really impressed with him, but towards the end of the season, I saw one game a couple of weeks ago where I was like, oh, okay, like he started to sort of show signs. So, you know, we'll stick with him. He's still a young player. Ruckman obviously take time to develop. He's only 22 years old, but I think it's always going to be that dual ruck when Oscar Allen comes back. There's going to be that a bit bit more safeguard there to have him and, and hopefully we can get a couple more years out of Nick Nat. So I wouldn't get too excited that he's going to, you know, burst onto the scene, but with a game like this, it's good signs. Could I ask you a question though from both of you um, for the Cats? What do you do with Blitzarves? Do you think he's going to hold like... He's had some really awesome years in fantasy, but it seems like, you know, it's he's well, he's obviously so role dependent. Um, and then as soon as he moves out of those roles, he basically goes back to being irrelevant and a lockdown defender. Does he roll hold on to this role? Cause like I've got him in my keeper. He hasn't averaged over well, let's look. He hasn't averaged seventy eight over seventy basically since twenty seventeen, but he's popped out for a ninety. Do you keep him or do you just throw him back to the pool because he's probably like, is this a flash in the pan year getting some ruck time? I think that it, now he's getting now he's got ruck status. I think you can make a case for keeping him more so now than ever. Just through the scarcity of rucks and how many injuries we saw to ruckman and stuff like that. I reckon it's pretty wise to stockpile one or two in your keepers. So I, I don't think it's the worst idea to keep him, but the thing is what role is he going to have? It's going to change every four weeks and you're just going to have to ride that roller coaster, I think. I Yeah, I just have such a hard time keeping him over some other prospect, like a young prospect that I want to sort of fly into the next year. And it's like, is it just this once-off year where, you know, like we saw Westoff go that big one year, but I mean- yeah, I'm just worried that if I keep him, I'm sort of like the opportunity cost of throwing a gun young player back into the pool kind of thing. I'm with you a bit there, Dossie, because the, the owner of Blitzars this year, who was the eventual premiership coach, kept trying to trade him to me. But like for me, 
like obviously it hurt me in the grand final, but like he's just one of those guys that like, do I really want to own him? And I don't think I do. Like, yeah, you, you, know, you can never trade him because nobody wants him. Yeah. <laughs> so like, but yeah, I, okay. This is like a scenario, for instance, Blitzarves versus like Heath Chapman. Mm. Yeah, it depends where you are. If you're mm. chasing flag, Blitzarves. If you've got time, Chapman. I don't know. I think it's Chapman yeah. regardless, personally. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, depends where you're stuff, at. Like, in our stuff. league, when you keep 16, you've just got to keep as many points as you can. You've just got to bank that he holds the role. Otherwise, he's a 70. That's the problem. Yeah. It also depends as well. Like, I've got four defenders that are way better than Chapman in my side, and we only play four defenders. So, I was like, and I, I don't have a ruck. I had Scott Lysett all year. So, to me, Blitzarves looks way more of a – and I'm in a, probably entering a window, getting closer to a window – Blitzars as a ruck looks more uh, of a prospect for my side. So yeah, it depends. Horses for courses. I just I just think you can make a case for keeping Blitzars. I think he's one of the yeah. Sorry to hijack your segment. I think he's one of the tougher ones just because I see such a big potential drop off, and it's like yeah, like you said though, there's it's such a valuable position as well. So yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, uh, we'll move on to Bombers versus Tigers. Um, only three players to have a look at here. More so um, role changes than anything. But the guy who did go big was Tom Lynch. I did flag about three weeks ago. If he's on your wave wire, pick him up going to finals because his run home was just so nice. Plus the uh, the Coleman chase was on as well. So, um, yeah, just a player worth owning for the late season games. Got injured towards the end of this game. But, yeah, um, he's a player worth owning just to stream, especially in yeah circumstances like this where, you know, he's going for a Coleman or something like that. If you've got him at the end of the year um, and he's trying to kick big bags, you can put up some big scores, especially in grand final weeks and things like that. So might not be the worst option. Uh, Jack Ross, um, he only had 76 points, but in the last, well, I didn't watch him last week, but I watched him against Port Adelaide, and he's just showed some good signs um, the last few weeks. Starting forward a bit, I've noticed, though, um, has, a, has does play in the midfield quite a bit, but only, I think, a, a handful of CBAs. But, yeah, you noticed um, he was on um, McGrath quite a bit, just kind of in the forward line was on him all the other way around. But, yeah, um, so notice he was in the forward line a bit more. So, sneaky DPP chance next year for him there if he continues that going early on in the season. And the other one who's kind of moved forward was Massimo D'Ambrosio. So his score wasn't big, but we saw him at the start of the year on a halfback flank and it actually looked like a pretty fantasy-friendly position. Not sure if I like it as much going forward, but um, yeah, he's playing the forward line on the weekend. So have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, any comment on Massimo? Okay, what's his best position or where do you see the Dons playing him? Depends what happens with their list. Like if Heppel sticks around, it probably hurts him a bit, but... Um I think there's going to be a bit of a shake-up no matter what happens at the Dons next year. And I think, uh, yeah, we'll see a few things. But I think he's naturally a pretty good attacking halfback flanker. But, you know, is Hind, is Hind still in favour? Who knows? It's just uh, I just kind of wait to see what happens after the, the trade period and stuff like that. But I'm still, I think he's a quality player. So uh, more than willing to give him some time regardless. All right. Uh Dossie, you got a question for this game. What's up? Yeah, mate. What do you think of the Kaiser? The Kaiser. Oh, you're talking about that movie again. What? Who's the player in reference that to? Kaiser Sonzi. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> um, uh, to be honest, didn't I oh, didn't watch this game super closely because I was actually watching the showdown. Didn't stand out to me fair too enough. much though. Did you watch this one? No, nah, no, nah, fair enough. No, nah, he scored a right and kicked one goal yeah. three or something. So, no, nah, that's all good. If you didn't notice, yeah, all I'm good, a mate. fan of him, Dossie. Yeah, he's. I, yeah, I, I'm a fan. I, I, see, I watched yeah. the first half of the replay, but yeah, didn't really notice him too much. That's all. 
Uh, we'll move on to the showdown, speaking of which. So, um, yeah, solid win for Port Adelaide. Signed Ken Hinckley up for another five years. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll move on to Xavier Dersma. So he just has shown some good signs in the last kind of three or four weeks. Um, had 87 points in this game. Um, I think him and Bergman are going to be run along those wings next season because the next guy I'll talk about, which is Kane Farrell, has actually moved to a halfback role. Um, and he scored 87 points. And he played it last I called week as well. And I think the week before. I called too. it. You did, actually. You said it would be suited for him there. And, yeah, he's moved to it. And it looks, it actually looks perfect for him. He uses that peg um, really well. Like, he's taking kick-ins as well now as well. So, like, it's actually the perfect role for him. Could be a very juicy fantasy role going forward if only there wasn't, like, a plethora of defenders, it seems, these days. But, uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a, a fantasy-friendly role for him. So, I think, yeah, that frees up Dersmar a bit to play more on that wing, um, especially with Amon announcing he's leaving today as well. Um but uh, Riley Bonner is the kind of guy who is struggling, I guess. Um, he can't get in the side, and it's a, it's the one, it's the player that's kind of pushed him out as well. So those people who were pretty happy with Bonner um, earlier on in the season might be struggling to be in the best twenty-two going forward. Might even see a trade in the off-season. So keep your eye on that one. Um, and only one player for the Crows, and it's a role change, um, and that was Ben Keys. So he had forty-nine points. And he was playing forward, so yeah, pretty worrying signs, not getting too many CBAs. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, move on to the next game, and that's Hawks versus Bulldogs with Kays. Uh, just quickly on Kays, um, I wonder if he'll get uh, DPP next year. Yeah, an average, an average 50. <laughs> no, well, the, the thing is that there was a little quick uh, break at halftime, and he was getting some work done on his shoulder. So I don't know if he went into the game like... Uh, with an injury cloud because he literally didn't go anywhere near the uh, the midfield whatsoever. He was basically playing small slash lead up forward. So I don't think that's actually his role like going forward. I think he might have just been out there as a as a warm body. That's my gut feel. But um, obviously reassess in the preseason and as a former owner, that would be a future coach's dilemma to worry about, not mine. So, uh, but on to the Hawks v Bulldogs. Uh, Blake Hardwick, just touch on him, 131 points. Please don't get sucked into this score. Um, obviously, defenders against the dogs. Um, obviously, yeah. Um, yeah, we know that that's a, a win usually. He took 14 marks too. So, so move on with Blake Hardwick. Don't get too sucked in there. Uh, there's plenty of good uh, Hawthorne defenders to come back who have been injured. So, uh, don't worry about him. Big Maxi Lynch, Dossie. He returned. He screwed my fantasy Here we side. Go. But uh, 63 points. Looked more than solid. 11 touches and 21 hitouts. Uh, for reference, he had 13 CBAs and Big Boy had 11. So, uh, pretty 50-50 split in there. Um, you know, he's really his first game back for a couple months into the AFL system, that is. So, more than happy to monitor his progress over the preseason. I think uh, I think there's something there. He's got that. He just has a crack. And I, I, I love that about a Ruckman. Just, you know, one who's just willing to put his body on the line and, and just do the hard stuff. So, for me, I'm definitely keeping the, the confidence in Max Lynch. Ned Reed. Did a silky, silky pick up off the deck in the first quarter. Did you see that? I and did. then all the guys got around him. <laughs> it, was lo- it was loose ass. I think I everyone it. loves Big Maxie. I think he's uh, yeah, got yeah. a bit of character about him. So, He'll be leading the Hawks forward. Don't you worry about that. And uh, just last, can I just the- uh, can I jump in there? Just jump, jump in, jump in there. Sure. Yeah. I did notice that he took a lot of the center bounces in the first half. Went forward a lot more in the second half. Just showing that probably doesn't have that tank to run out a full game. Still, that's all. And I'd be worried if it wasn't the last game of the year, but it was, and he has missed basically all of the season. So zero, yeah, zero is I- concerns from me. Heavy. 
Uh, that's all right. Uh, I still think uh, Ned Reeves is your number one rock next year. Right. So 70% of our listeners. So, yeah. It's just bad. Though. I feel bad for them that they're all wrong. But uh, <laughs> Lockie Hunter, 111 points from him. Um, look, really, he look, actually looked back to his prime. Uh, one goal, 23 touches. We know he's missed a chunk of footy this season. Look, if he plays footy like that, and it's really hard with the dogs. You know, like McRae was down. Um, so it's, you know, kind of affected his score a bit. But uh, you probably could make a case to hold Lockie Hunter because, you know, he does have a good ceiling. It's just uh, his floor has been a bit lacking in the last couple of seasons. But look, if he's back to his best and um, ready to play footy, uh, he can he can pick it up. So um, good to see, you know, a bit of that glint in his eye return late in the season. Um, I, not- I noticed in this game... Just one more player to mention in terms of role change mid-game. Sammy Darcy looked mm. unstoppable playing forward for as soon as he moved there. Did you notice, obviously, he kicked oh, two yeah. goals basically straight away. Looked essentially like the best player on the ground for a little stretch there. Is that exciting? Because I think I mentioned to you guys, his best position is going to be playing as that forward ruck. And obviously, mm-hmm. Tim English is there. But seeing him already play so damaging... Um, do you reckon there's something in him as a fantasy player in the future? I, I do. I think he's still going to get a lot of um, roller coaster type scores next year as a, as a young kid still. But like his his hands are amazing. Like Oof. yeah, like they are a thing of beauty. So like he could genuinely be a, a genuine swingman. Like you know, ruck forward back like a yeah a triple a triple threat. So um, I think he's going to be yeah. He, he might be a bit frustrating in that term that he's too much of utility that he may not, never get settled almost kind of like we saw with you know your boy Josh Battle where you know he can play anywhere um, but I think he is just a, such a high quality player and I'm I'm just more as a footy fan excited to see what the future holds to Sam Darcy because I think he's he's going to be a talent and they're they saying he's grown um, since being drafted and that he's like from all accounts 210 centimetres so he's actually taller than Tim English already wow yep <laughs> Oh, it's me. Dust. Blues. It is. Versus the Maggies. Wow. What a game this was. Did you guys get a chance to see this at all, even on a replay or something? You would have heard about it, surely. I was uh, at the pub. We were, a couple of us uh, in our league were watching the, the footy at the pub on the weekend, and there was a table of uh, Carlton supporters um, right near us, young lads. And uh, obviously, they were out of it. They were pretty quiet early on. And then, you know, they kicked those four or five goals in a row and all of a sudden they got really rowdy. And then all of a sudden, they weren't as rowdy. It was uh, it was very, very enjoyable just to uh, just to crowd watch and, uh, yeah, ride the wave with them. But, uh, man, what a game. What a game. Yeah. And Vossi knows, uh, knows why that one-point difference that was the difference of Paddy Dow not being selected. <laughs> so, it's on Vossi. Um, let's talk about a couple of players. We've mentioned him for a few weeks. Look, it's been just because of their injuries. George Hewitt wasn't able to play. And then they've brought in Will Setterfield to fill the void in the recent weeks when Matt Kennedy also went down. But, boy, it's it's really shown kind of my hopes for him as a fantasy player, getting able to play his preferred role inside. Had pretty low time on ground in this one, just 70% time on ground. Managed to score 89 points again. Um, so, look, it's it's tough because he's probably not going to have the role next year. 
you know, I don't think you're going to go keep him, but he might be a guy that you can draft again next year later in later in your rounds. And just if he does get that role again at some point, if there are injuries, you can obviously see that he's got that in him to play it. So, it, honestly, it was a bit of justification for me. I've been a big Setterfield believer. So, to see him actually get a chance in the role and start scoring well and, and you know, hold his own in the spot, it's been good to see. But I don't... I, you guys would agree that that's not... It's kind of like the Reese Matheson almost. Like, he's playing well in the role, but it's not someone you'd be, you know, dying to keep. Yeah, and there's too many people out of the side for it to be sustainable right now. So, yeah. You've got um, Doc playing in there too, like, who's gone massive as well, and that's not going to stick around either. I'm not necessarily yep. a set of full believer, but, like, it's good to ha- know that the Blues are going to play that fantasy-friendly footy, you know, and that that's winning them games, you know. Obviously not on the weekend, but so you know, even if you're going like taking set of field or um, like like Will Hayes or someone late, you know, says so a depth player for your squad because they could come in super handy. You know, should there be a few injuries to that side and they're going to score well in that role. So mm. I think that that's positive to know that you know you can kind of draft Colton guys with um, a bit of bit of promise uh, fantasy wise. Couple of other names, uh, just because he we sort of have taken him as our mascot of the show. Finn McRae managed to get a game. He only scored twenty seven, but we do love to see his pipes out there. Um, unfortunately, yeah, low time on ground scored pretty low and wasn't really that impactful. But I'll just give him a little shout out. And the other players I want to mention, I actually really want to just talk about looking forward for next year on the Collingwood side of things with Nick Dacos. Obviously, his position, well, not so obviously, but if you've looked at his junior career, he's going to be a midfielder long term. He's going to move inside midfield. And I think that'll happen as soon as next year when he's had another preseason under his belt. What I think is going to happen, though, looking into drafts next year and even looking into your trade period, I'd be potentially targeting one of those backmen that you think is going to be the, the distributor, whether that's a John Noble, whether you think Maynard gets a bit more of the pill or whether that's maybe an easier target in an Isaac Quainor, I think the pill is going to be distributed a bit more amongst those guys next year when you see Dacos move permanently into a more midfield role. So that's I'm just eyeing those guys off in the in the off season. Whoever you think is going to get the role, maybe you know maybe trying to buy what I think is going to be lower on a on a noble type who's probably going to get just more of the share of the pill back there and the other player on the Carlton side would probably be just Mitch McGovern clearly playing in that defensive role he's still playing pretty well and Zach Williams low tog low tog but scored okay in his return 58 points in 67% time on ground so maybe next year he also has a bit more of a prominent role That's okay, it. Okay, he's moving on to your last game. Yeah, so Saints v Swans, horrible way to finish off the round. Thanks, Carmen Mills. But um, just quickly, a couple tip of the cap, Ben Long, one thirty-eight points from him, seventeen marks. Please, Ben, you're not going to do that again. So just um, yeah, move on there. Don't get too sucked into Benny Long. The big one was Tom Campbell, eighty-six points. Move over Rowan Marshall. Uh, Tommy Campbell attended the opening CBA, ended up with 12 touches, 17 hitouts. And look, we know that Paddy Ryder retired through the week. Is he going to be the handcuff you need to have going forward? Will these guys play in tandem? Can you see a world where VFL superstar Tom Campbell uh, can be a fantasy-friendly man in the AFL alongside Ryan Marshall? Potentially. like You can see that the... Um Brent Ratton's game plan does involve two rucks. I think he feels like they play their best football when they are playing two rucks. It's just that 
can Tom Campbell be as effective as like, I guess like you play Rowan Marshall forward, Tom Campbell's not going to be as effective as Paddy Ryder in the ruck. So are, are you robbing Peter to pay Paul? I don't really, I don't really know. It's, I didn't see the game, but um, my gut feel as it goes, feels like maybe not. I feel like they might just go Rowan Marshall considering how good he was the previous two weeks rucking solo as well. What do you think, Doss? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, like you said, I think I think the worry is that he does prefer. Um, they've they've shown a tendency to want to run two rucks. It's clearly to something. Maybe Marshall just can't handle that load for a n- number of weeks in a row. Because how good is he playing pure ruck? He's he's one of the better ruckmen in the competition going around when he gets the role. But um, you feel for coaches that had to field him this week as a premium who's probably got them to a grand final, averaging 120-odd in his last six weeks or whatever it is. And then to then get to the granny and drop a 47 based on a coaching decision is um, is a rough, uh, tough pill to swallow. And looking into next year as well, like you guys said, I think it's a waste to, to play him alongside Campbell. But, you know, you've just got to look at what they prefer to do as a coaching system. And it's a tough, it's a tough spot to be in now, I think. Yeah. Um, and lastly for the Swans, James Rowbottom had 104 points. Now, I've loved the way he's finished off the year. I don't know if you, you've been following it, guys, but he's averaging 107 in his last five games this season. Uh, I knew he was going well, but I didn't know he was going that well. I think he's actually finally arrived as a player. One goal, 24 touches, seven tackles. Had the third most CBAs uh, behind Parker and Warner. Uh, and the same as Mills on the weekend. So I think he is their preferred option in there. We know Josh Kennedy's retiring, um, but Jimmy Rowbottom seems to have finally become the player that we thought he could have. So very exciting times. And if you can, I reckon if you can prime off a coach, uh, he's a he's a target because I think he's going to be a very very good player next year. Let's yeah. Pull. We talked about him a few weeks ago, but um, yeah, like I was still shocked. And I'll bring this up again. He's only twenty one. Like we were talking about that the other yeah. week, but. It's amazing because the, the type of footy he's playing, and I, and I think we said this on that pod, same pod, Sydney themselves are just going to be an absolute beast of a team in two, three years' time. Like They're just building such a good list of good young players. It's unbelievable, really. But uh, yeah, James Rowbottom's leading the charge there. Sorry, Dusty, what were you going to say there? Oh, no, I've probably got, I've got something else to say, but um, I think interestingly, Kays, he's probably just going under the radar. I know we've talked about him, but he is going under the radar just due to the fact you've got like a guy like Chad Warner who um, now is just actually already a tag target. Like he got targeted in this game, I think, by Windhager, didn't he? So like you've got that guy next to him as well and you've got a couple of hard tag targets next to him and Rowbottom seems to be the guy that's just, you know, the the one that gets the plenty of pills and lays the tackles but probably isn't as damaging as well. So he's probably safe in terms of a tag going forward as well. Um, no, I was just going to say let's pour one out for, for the Dan Hannabury farewell ton. How about that? Not, not a bad effort, but what is an even better effort was the uh, farewell F-bomb at the very start of his interview um, post-game. So, it starts with a big, ah, oh, fuck, and then continues. Oh, sorry. <laughs> like, big I F-bomb, to see that big one. pause, and then, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that's it for the Round Rewind, unless anyone else wants to chime in with what, anything else. What do you think of m- my boy, Mitch Owens, Kaz? Uh He didn't really get a lot of it yesterday. 18 um, touches. 
Yeah, he was okay. Like, I don't know. I was at the pub, so I was just kind of, you know, watching. <laughs> and I was probably crying into my beer at that stage. Yeah, too, his so. face was in his hands <laughs> by uh, that stage. So uh, I wasn't really watching uh, too much of the footy. I, I, yeah, I miss, I've got plenty of time for Mitch Owens. I think he's, he's going to be a very good player, especially when he doesn't have to do a bit more of a run-with kind of role. Uh, when he can kind of be a creative beast up forward, I think he's going to be, yeah, he's going to be a talent. All right, uh, that's the end of the Round Rewind. If you have enjoyed all the podcasts this season and uh, appreciate what we bring you each week, uh, please consider supporting the podcast financially and becoming a member. In the off-season, we'll probably have, we will have a series of uh, probably once a month we'll do a podcast. On average, it kind of works out. We'll do one post-trade period, one post-draft. Um, it's probably one other one we'll do in their post finals as well. We'll probably do one as well. So, um, yeah, there'll, there'll be members only podcasts for those. So if you want to continue with us in the off season, uh, please become a member and support the show. Um, I was, I thought I'd read out all the gold members, but two more signed up this week. So thank you to Rob Hall and Josh Hart for, uh, signing up this week and supporting the show. So thanks to those two. Um, all right. Do we have a trudge watch for this weekend? Oh, do we ever? All right. I'll play the theme. Here we go. In a must-win game against the Pies, also against the Pies in this game, the tides turned in the favour of the Blues. Thanks to the trudge, the trudge coming big in a big game of the year. 23 touches, four marks, six tackles, and the one behind for uh, for good measure. So the trudge leading the Blues into finals, and uh, they actually play against the Pies again uh, in fi- in the first week of finals in the elimination finals. So they got themselves into another into a rematch. So any but her. Uh, Carlton fans can go watch Paddy Dow and the Trudge lead the Blues to victory uh, next Sunday in the VFL. All right. Thanks for that Trudge watch there, Dossie. And let's hope the Trudge gets drafted this year. So imagine his name getting read out on draft night <laughs> celebrations from our listeners coming across. Oh, it would be amazing. Let's all the best to the Trudge in the offseason. I just want to also... <laughs> I was looking at the VFL scores for this as well, and I just hap- my my eyes happened to notice one game in, in the VFL this week: Werribee Football Club versus the Northern Bull Ants. Final score: Werribee twenty nine goals seventeen one hundred and ninety one to the Northern Bull Ants zero goals 10, 10 points. All right, might be time for the. Uh Northern Ballers to reconsider their uh, VFL license if that's happening. <laughs> that shouldn't happen at that level. Anyways, uh, let's move on to the listener questions. All right, first question of the week comes from uh, Callum S. Uh, I have to pick between Rosie and Butters for my keeper league. Who should I pick? Dossie, who are you picking out of Rosie and Butters? Rosie in a heartbeat. Case, Case, who are you picking out of Rosie and Butters? Yeah, Rosie has really risen to the top of the pile there, hasn't he? All Australian squad uh, announced today. So I yeah, feel that. I feel he's Rosie lucky as well. I think that's lucky. Yeah, you know he's unlucky, Jordan Dawson. But uh, we won't go there because we're not here to talk about actual football just fantasy football I thought you were going to say Dylan anyway, um, Moore 
Also unlucky, yes. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, at TTQ03, uh, do I need to find room to keep Ed Richards now? Already have Houston, Whitfield, Brayshaw, Perryman in my back line. Would have to either drop Bailey or Graham from my forwards. Uh, what do you guys reckon? Kays, I know you're, you're a Bailey owner. Would you drop him for Ed Richards? Uh, well, I don't reckon Perryman will hold defender status, so that's one for you. Uh, yeah, I'd be dropping Jack Graham if I was you. Plays for Richmond. Same. Yeah, Bra- you I might not have Brayshaw in the defensive line soon as well. Yeah, I think Brayshaw might hold. He's only played four yeah. games in the midfield. But yeah, you got him. You have him for a defender next year, I think. Um, at Richard Eliadis, uh, keeper league can only keep one of the following. Have 22 keepers to make up my team in the emergency. He needs to keep one of Harris Andrews, Jed Anderson, James Warple, Justin McInerney, Jake Bowie, uh, and Sam DeConig. Who would you guys keep out of that list? I know Dossie's probably obviously he's keeping Bowie, right? Correct. Wait, is that Jack? Is that says Jack Bowie? So is that Jack Bowes or Jake Bowie? I got that's confusing. Pretty sure it's Bowie. But anyway, okay. So who would you keep? Uh, if James Warple moves clubs, I'd be keeping James Warple. Yeah, that's my thoughts as well. But what if he doesn't? Then who are you keeping? Uh, probably Justin McInerney because he's my boy. That's a yeah, lot of McInerney keepers. Or, that's a lot of keepers. Yeah. I think I think Bowie's got the best potential aside from yeah, aside from Warple if he's to um, find a new home, probably. Yeah, I like Warple if he can find a new home and start playing the uh, the fancy friendly game he used to play. Um, at Jesmon oh, sorry, Jesmonaut, I think that's how you say it. Um, is McRae done as a fantasy stud? Kays, you're the owner. What's your gut feel? Uh, I don't think he's done. I just think uh, whether it's injury or whether he's just getting bevoed. But I don't think he's done as a stud. It's going to be interesting to see what happens if anyone leaves the dogs this year, a la Josh Dunkley. Does that free up a spot for McRae to be a pure, proper mid like he should be? That's going to be the big one. So I don't think he's done. I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be trading him out after a couple of bad weeks. All right. Uh, Dave Simpson asks, hold or delist Cam Rayner? Dossie. I think it's pretty simple to keep to keep Rayner. Um, I've just mentioned, look, they the the Lions just keep getting to this tail end of the season and falling short. They need someone like a Rayner to explode onto the scene, do what Rosie's done for Port this year and, and give a bit of hope and, and come in and start dominating. And I feel like one year off ACL, he's starting to so show some signs, still playing a lot of forward. Only 26% CBA average for the whole season and he's still only in the 10s and 15 percentages in the last like two months of the season. I think next year he goes in to the midfield and we can finally see the best of Cam Rayner. I would definitely be holding. What about you, Kays? I'm not really a massive Cam Rayner fan, but um, depends how many you keep. Um, in, our, in our league, when you're keeping 16, you can probably make a case for him, but if it's like a 10 or a 12, I don't think he's worth it. The pathway to me seems so obvious. Jared Lyons, 65% average this year. He's He can move out of there. Reese Matheson, 42%. That's been a stopgap this year until Rainer's ready to take that bonafide role. I, I think it's quite obvious he's going to move into there. But is he a genuine... Does he have the thirst? Does he have the hunger, Dossie? I, I just don't he's know start, he Like does. I said, he's starting to really show some huge signs. And like I said, he's had a full season back from that ACL. He's showed flashes in the past, hasn't he, as well? I just think he's just got to put it all together and he'll get that midfield role next year finally with a full mm. preseason again. Mm. I think it's coming. Okay. And having forward status 
next year kind of makes that decision for you, I think. Like, you can just have one more year of hopefully having a good forward before he moves into a midfield role. So, I By think the that's way, the one this, thing this that is, kind of gets in there. This is coming from a guy who hasn't probably been as high as most people as well, but I've, like, I've come over to the other side. I've seen it how much he wants it as well. Like, his work rate off the field, you can just see he's, you know, I just think he, he's driven so much to be great that I think it's going to happen. It wouldn't surprise me. He kind of has a little bit of Christian Petrarca about him, how Petrarca just took another yep. couple of years than what you thought to become a a star. It could go that way. It wouldn't surprise yep. me if it does. Now, we touched on this before, but Joshua Little asks, has Ben Keyes lost his midfield role? I think my internet dropped out when you were making your case case. So, mm-hmm. what, what were you saying in this game? Uh, I think he was injured. He was having some work done on his shoulder at half time, so I think he might have come in a little bit underdone. That's my gut feel. But he has uh, had three weeks playing forward, though. Yeah, but I think that they've obviously committed to a thing to give Schomburg. Like you know, we hadn't seen Schomburg in that team for two, three months, and then he's come back in and gone straight into the midfield. Like after not having amazing scores in the the Sandful either, so. I reckon they've done what, you know, some other clubs should have been doing a while ago is just trialling some things. And look, Saligo looks a player. Um, you know, obviously Laird's really good. Um, Barry, like, is, Barry is like gone to a next level. He has. But like if you've got your fourth midfielder, do you, rec- do you honestly think, Hef, as much as you hate Keys and hate Schomburg, that if they want to win games next year that they're going to choose Schomburg over Keys in the midfield? I don't, I don't think they will. I think Keys is I still- think if, if Schomburg has a big preseason, you can make a case for it. Just Keyes' leg is such a liability. That's the issue. I think, and Schomburg's pr- doing some pretty good stuff. Like he's kind of not, nowhere near Keyes' level in terms of that contested stuff, but showing some really good signs, like in the stoppage and in the contest as well. So I reckon there's some concern for sure. I'm not saying that Keyes is definitely gone, but there's some competition for him now, some genuine competition that he kind of needs to work through in the off-season. Yeah. That's my thoughts. I don't necessarily disagree with you there, but I, I, I still think, like, for me, it looked like the Crows are trialling some stuff late in the year, and that's cool. Go for it. But um, I think the proof's going to be, like, next year, pre-season, what happens, where we see Keys If he's up forward, then obviously you'd avoid him. But uh, if he's back in the midfield in the pre-season games, then I think, you, you know, I think he's, the, he's the one in there. All right, uh, last question of the night comes from Matthew Wright. Thanks for the season, gentlemen. Uh, wondering if you think uh, what you think about the futures of Oliver Dempsey, Flynn Kruger, Ollie Lord, and Arlo Draper. Um, I don't think a lot about the futures of many of these players, except for maybe Arlo Draper, who was a good junior fantasy scorer. Ollie Dempsey showed some signs for Geelong this year, but was a more primarily a small forward role. I don't love those for fantasy. I don't know enough about the other two. Do you guys know anything? Even though Ollie Lord plays for Port, I don't know enough about him. Ollie Dempsey pulled out a 130 on the weekend for the Cats. So, okay. obviously, can I liked play the look game. of Dempsey when he got it. I think he played a couple of games. I, I think I like quite like the look of him when he got the call up. But they just have too many that play in that small forward role that he gets to play when he actually does get an, an AFL gig. So, it's, a, it's just a tough role to crack um, at Geelong. And a tough um, role to score in fantasy-wise. And correct with Draper. I thought Draper was going to come in and play a bit earlier, but played 15 games in the VFL um, this year, 54.5 average. So um, probably he'll want to have a big off-season and get back into the selection frame. But obviously probably wasn't expecting Collingwood to do this well either. So thought he'd get um, more of a gig in a rebuilding side, not a team that's coming top four. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, interesting that if I'm correct... 
those uh, junior fantasy scores not translating over to senior stuff in the VFL though. So always find that interesting. But that seems to happen at Collingwood a bit as well. So I don't know, maybe it's their game style. They have to play and play a bit more defensive under McRae and things like that. So I don't know, but we'll wait and see the future. Um, I just want to shout out as well, looking at these VFL stats, players who played five or more VFL games, the leading average for the year, Braden Fiorini, seven games, 140 average. How did I know that was coming? Maybe anyway, he, he maybe can, uh, can go to the Northern Bull Ants and lead them to a win. <laughs> <laughs> he can be in the State League Fantasy Scores article for the preseason uh, if he gets traded. But anyway, uh, that is a wrap on 2022. So a few thank yous uh, to get through. Uh, first of all, I thank the uh, Pod Pod boys for their hard work uh, and kind of you know flying the flag for the brand. Stato, Louis, Kyle and you, Dossie, as well. Um, also, big thanks to Checkers for filling in for well, probably a month's worth or three or four weeks' worth of um, episodes while Kays was away with certain things this year. Um, thanks heaps to Simo for writing our Captains and Streamers article each week. So he does a great job with that. Saves us writing another article each week. Um, thanks to the Traders and the Draft Doctors for just cross-promotion stuff we've done on their shows this year. Um, probably the Hat Chat Boys too for helping us out with the uh, Lipinski video um, earlier in the year as well, uh, providing some uh, video clips for that. Thanks to all the members and, of course, thanks to all the listeners for tuning in this year. I think we had over 60,000 streams this year, which is probably our biggest year, I think, so far. So, um, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. Anything oh, – I guess we better thank Manscaped as well, the sponsors. Uh, yeah, thank you for them for supporting the show this year and, uh, yeah, providing some funds our way and looking after our listeners as well with some uh, good men's grooming products. Anything you guys want to tack on? Oh, yeah, just echoing – those thank yous to everyone you've mentioned there it's been yeah it's been a enjoyable year first year on the on the brand thanks to you two as well um oh, thank yeah, you Dossie, for coming on fun fun times thank you dos for yeah just stepping up and joining because uh with our kids and stuff these days it's uh, a bit harder for us to find the time so definitely was handy to have that third person on the show to kind of yeah take a bit of the weight off us each week so thank you for all the work you've done this year as well Dossie. okay did i miss anyone anything else from you no, it's just funny that you thank Doss for being the third person and Doss usually speaks in the third person, so um, <laughs> quite nice. But uh, yeah, obviously, very enjoyable year uh, on the pod. Um, yeah, thanks to Checkers for the sweet hat. I'm going to wear that around the town throughout summer. But um, yeah, no, nah, well done. Um, and yeah, hopefully good luck finding a new replacement for the pod next year have with my impending retirement. So, Oh, it was a podcast too. I thought it was just a league. No, nah, it's everything. I'm just, you know, I'm out. Oh. I'm tapping out. All right. No worries. I'll, uh, I'll start the search out. If you're listeners out there, if you if you live in Adelaide and you want to join the podcast, uh, get in touch. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll replace you pretty quickly, I reckon, Kays. It shouldn't be too much of an issue, so all good. All right. Uh, that's a wrap thank you uh, get around us on Facebook Instagram Twitter YouTube and TikTok at Keeper League Pod I mentioned Manscaped before but use Keeper20 at Manscaped.com get 20% off and free shipping and sign up as a member to keep up with us in the off season on all our bonus episodes alright that's a wrap on 2022 see ya see ya guys bye